You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with, with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. It's Sir Colin Campbell here and Gary A. McGowan, and we're inside the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest in the studio today in, honors, uh, in honor of uh, International Women's Day, Women's Month, Women's Year. We have hey D. Rachel Oliver sitting in the hot seat. Uh, we are going to find out more of why Rachel in this, is in this hot seat. Let's hear a word from our, one of our sponsors. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800 518 one, two, two, one. Rachel, 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 how are you? Fantastic. Awesome. Nice to have you here. And I've been pumping this up ever since. So I invited Rachel. Here's how it, here's how it started. You came in and worked at our uh, investment workshop. You presented an awesome, awesome uh, rent-to-own strategy from an investment standpoint and how you kind of qualify tenants. And I'm thinking to myself, that whole time you're up there, she's on our next podcast. <laughs> she's on our next podcast. Whether you're saying no, you were on our next podcast. I hope you understand that. Well, you had to twist my arm a little bit, but we finally made it work. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Anyways, so let, let me tell the audience who Rachel is a little bit through her bio. And this is somebody, as we've been kind of advertising out there, there's somebody that's been in, and this is in Canada. And these numbers are extraordinary in Canada because, you know, you're somebody that's done over you know, 260 rent-to-own transactions, which as What was that? What was that? So that's a two- Six zero two hundred and sixty wow. transactions in rent to own, and Sweet. and I know we're going to talk about your track record and what it's like to have those exit into the the, the tenant buyer's hands and how awesome that is. And um, anyways, let me let me read your bio, and and we'll get into kind of who Rachel is and how you know how rent to own can help many many people. Okay, so here's what I got on the piece of paper here, and and here's what we got for for Rachel. Rachel is the co-host of Mothers of Real Estate TV show and an award winning rent to own investor. In 2009, after a 20th year in the corporate world, Rachel retired from the rat race to spend more time with her family and to invest in rent-owned properties. Today, she is affectionately known as the cash flow queen because she helps investors profit profit with rent-owned properties without headaches of being a landlord. And I can tell you there are headaches being a landlord. Am I right? Yes. She is also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Rent to Own, Essential Guide for Home Buyers. So that's a book. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later today. And together with her husband, Rachel owns and operates Clover Properties, Canada's leading rent to own company. And yes, it is. Rachel, pleasure to have you here. Welcome to Hot Whoa. Seat. How are you? Thank you so much, guys, for having me. This is so, so much fun. Good, good, good. So we always like to start off the podcast with kind of like, who's that two-minute story of Rachel? Who's just, Rachel? Yeah, who is Rachel? So fire away. Tell the audience who, who Rachel is in two minutes. So Rachel is extremely impatient, hates tenants and toilets, and really likes cash flow. Yes, <laughs> like it. Um, I like Rachel already. <laughs> I'm married to a uh, very conservative, probably the most conservative man in Canada, if not the North American um uh, you know, part of the globe. He is uh, very conservative, but rightfully so. And honestly, in that bio, as you read it, the, the first thing that comes up for me is that 
you know, I would not be here with you guys today if it wasn't for Neil and his Mr. No attitude and for his Mr. No ethic and what he was able to do with the rent to own model really um, changed the game, not just for our family, but also for a lot of investors who are involved with us. And of course, for home buyers that are benefiting from what we do. I, the, I love that you call him Mr. No. Love it, love it, love it. And there's various <laughs> reasons that. for that. Yeah, he earned. Did you say he earned he that? He earned it. Good. Yeah, I know Neil, and he has earned that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about, you know, that transition out of, you know, working full time and working in the corporate life to what rent or what real estate investing has actually provided with you today. So I loved what I did. I mean, the corporate world was great to me. I was in it for 25 years. I was at the top of the ladder, highly male-dominated industry, but, you know, I'm, I'm a firecracker and I can hold my own. But there was a life-changing moment uh, where I was facing a diagnosis of breast cancer and, you know, it shifts your priorities. It shifts your perspective. And it just happened, the diagnosis just happened to come in about six weeks after I became a mom for the first time. Wow. So that kind of turned my world upside down and no longer did I want to work for the boss uh, and no longer did I want to have to compete for vacation time and, uh, you know, beg for, uh, ex- make up excuses why I had to leave early because my child was sick and was feverish. And, th- you know, that, there's a lot of guilt associated with that. And I think that's that's where I kind of realized I, I got to find it a better way. And I read a book um, quite some time ago, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, you've heard this before. And that kind of landed to give me an opportunity to think, okay, there's there's other options out there. There's other opportunities that are, go beyond the corporate paycheck. And I was making six figures. I had a great job. I loved what I did, but I needed to find a way that was going to offset the time commitment and the limitations of, of working for a boss. So I said to Mr. No that it's going to have to be real estate. And of course, Mr. No says, no way. Don't know anything about real estate. Don't have money saved. Don't, don't this. And the list of why we can't do it was extensive. And I just said, well, I will continue plugging away and I'll keep researching and I'll come back to you and I'll give you arguments as to why I feel that we are closer to making a move. And he shot down student rentals. He shot down duplexes. He shot Mm. down, um, you know, fixes and flips because all of those are fairly lucrative. But when you actually get into the nuts and bolts of it, the risk is still pretty high, especially if you're a novice. And then the other side of it is that it's time consuming. And he says, well, that contradicts your plan of kind of taking, you know, freedom of uh, taking time, freedom and taking control of your time. So that's where kind of, uh, he said yes to the idea of rent to owns because rent to owns seemed to tick all the boxes that we were looking for. We were looking for high cash flow, stable, predictable cash flow. We really didn't want to get into the nitty gritty of tenants and toilets, free <laughs> up our time. Yes. And we wanted something that was repeatable that also allowed us to help other people because there's nothing more fulfilling than generating cash flow or making a profit when you're actually helping other people get ahead. That was really what sealed the deal for us. Wow. Right, right. So explain to the audience a little bit from, from for for their benefit. What is rent to own? Because we've heard it. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you ask as though you don't know. Well, as investors, we've both done rent to owns. Uh, for a, a lot of our uh, listeners out there, 
who are thinking about getting into it, um, break it down for them. So Rent to Own kind of works uh, for two uh, two types of people. It works for home buyers who are struggling to overcome the challenges to getting a mortgage today. Usually it's due to not having enough credit um, or having blemishes on their credit. And, you know, they've been saving that 5%, but they're getting turned down by the conventional lenders because the conventional lenders are expecting any borrower today to have pristine credit in order to qualify with 5% down. And oftentimes people are either focused on their credit or they're focused on the down payment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most of the time they, they get very disenchanted when they finally have the 5% together and then the bank says, no, you can't own. But mentally they're tired of renting and they want to move away from the rent renter game and get into the homeowner game. And of course, um, they have limited options. So that's where rent own would come in. Those people put their 5% down and uh, that would serve as equity in that property from the day that they move in. Mm-hmm. And with every monthly payment, they're adding to that initial 5% and building up a bigger down payment over the course of the rent own term, which can be anywhere from two to three to four years. That's the gamut. The other side of the equation is an investor, a family. This is all about kind of, we're talking in the context of families helping families. So Neil and I are a family and we had some, you know, we had some capacity to take on extra mortgages. We had a personal residence in Stouffville, Ontario. Yay, Stouffville. <laughs> <laughs> and we wanted to use that equity to get started uh, with investing in real estate. And at the time, I mean, this is going back 10 years, you could, I think you guys uh, called it on, I uh, called it out on another um, episode where like, if you had uh, a paper and you just blew some paper in the wind, yes. you would get a mortgage. Of yeah. course. And those we, were the days. Those eh? were the those greatest were the days. days. And that's why those everybody says getting started in real estate, you know, was yesterday. That's yes. when you had to do it. So that's when we started yesterday, 10 years ago yesterday. And we were able to use our personal equity to do four rent-own transactions to help other families. And it spiraled from there because we got maxed out. The bank started to turn us down. We were over leveraged. You've heard the story before. Even in those days, the bank didn't know what the heck we were doing. And that was the wrong move. We should have gone to a mortgage broker. The mortgage broker channel would have probably allowed us to buy more properties and do more rent-to-owns. But we had to wait and we had to jump through extra hoops. That's okay. We figured it out, have the scars and bruises to prove it. Um, But essentially what we did was we used that money to buy properties, go on title, hold title while... Uh, other families were renting to own that property. And at the end of the rent-to-own process, we were on contract to sell that house to them at a predetermined price point, at a predetermined uh, date. And we knew exactly what cash flow we would generate. We knew exactly how much of a down payment that they would be accumulating. We knew exactly what our profitability was. It was completely transparent from start to finish. And that gave everybody a huge sense of peace of mind. And those are the two sides of the equation. Thank you for breaking that down um, so so simply. Um, I've done rent-to-owns now, I want to say, what, 10 years now? Uh, Gary, I know you've been doing it. Um, and a lot of the questions that we're being asked, you know, where do you find that tenant? Uh, how do you find that tenant? Or do you find the tenant first and then the, or the house first? Right. So shine some light on that since you are the rent-to-own queen of the GTA and Canada, I should say. You know, let us know. Sorry, I've just given you a title. Yeah, well, thank I, you. I can I do pre- that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, pre- I appreciate, geographically speaking, we're, so far we're, we're well-versed in the Ontario market, but we're open to going beyond that. The, you know, rent-to-owns kind of come in three flavors. There is the 
the um, problem first rent to own where people are owning a home and they're uh, about to go into a power of sale because they can't keep up with their payments. Usually it's because they're carrying a first mortgage and a second mortgage and they're in over their head. That's a problem first rent to own and it comes with people and the property and Yes, there could be a lucrative uh, scenario there for the investor that comes in to rescue them and allow them to rent on that property. But I feel that that type of a rent own is not for me. So um, we stay away from those types of rent owns. The other kind is the people who acquire properties below market value when there was a time when the you know the market shifts that'll come back into play, and you can add some lipstick and make some improvements, push up the value, and instead of renting it to tenants, you could bring in people who will rent to own it from you, give you a down payment, look after the property, and things should go, you know, as planned. The challenge with that is sometimes people are not as emotionally um, committed to that particular property. They move into it because it was available at the time. And that creates a a level of volatility from my point of view and from Mr. No's point of view. So we don't really like the property first scenario, although it can be done. And I've seen scenarios where somebody's renting a house, the landlord wants to sell, they want to buy from that landlord. But oftentimes the challenge in that scenario is that the people who want to buy don't have the income or the down payment for that particular property. But the landlord really wants to sell and people really want to buy and somehow they finagle a deal and the, that selling landlord says, okay, well, if you win the lottery, if you get grandma's inheritance, you can make this work in three mm-hmm. years. And then, you know, a few years later, they all find out that the hope and the prayer scenario doesn't actually pan out into profits. And then there's the third rent own type, which you get your people first and you get your property second. And that's the model that we've been using to create tremendous success. We've done over 260 rent owns. So we've tried all, all of those three yes. models, but the people first makes more sense because we we're operating from a place of how, you know, what's their scenario? How can we help them? How can rent to own solve their problem to get into home ownership? And what kind of property do they need to go house hunting for to find that? And what I love about that model is that real estate agents and real estate professionals play a key role because that's how conventional home buying should be. People should have a choice of shopping the market, visiting multiple properties, have the benefit of a professional real estate agent, telling them, guiding them, um, answering their questions, putting them at ease that home ownership is a big decision. And that we allow to happen through our model. And when the house is found that they love, that they're emotionally connected to, well, then in comes the rent-to-own logistics. That's where we come in back into the mix and we put together the contracts, we bring in an investor component, and that real estate agent represents the investor on that purchase of that property. And you've got this massive group of people collaborating to help these home buyers overcome the obstacles that they're facing with home ownership. That's why it works. Well, there's a few other reasons. There's a few other reasons, but I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. it. Hey, you want to remind people how to uh, post comments and where to share this? Yes. Um... Right now, uh, we are live on Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Spotify. Where else are we? Uh, Google Play and a bunch of other places. And Um, and our our new website, the, how about this? The real estate podcast.net. I love it. It's as easy as that. That's where you're going to be able to tune in later and and re-listen to this uh, on the go with Rachel. And uh, I know there's a couple of things that we've kind of got in store over the next little while. But, But Rachel, talk to us a little bit how... You know, we, we've, we've discussed why rent-to-own is out there. Talk to us a little bit about why rent-to-own is such a great opportunity for the, the tenant buyer at the end of the day. Like, you, 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 they've got, you've, you've explained that they got to go out shopping for a home with a realtor, and that's amazing. Like, that, as you said, that's how home ownership should feel like, right? And, and talk to us a little bit why that tenant-first um, experience is so powerful for you and your investments. 
So when, like, like Gary is explaining, when somebody has uh, the intention to get into home ownership, then they are charged up and they should be able to have all of the opportunities of picking the right property. However, there are some guidelines. You need to have certain budgets in place in order to make sure that it's a fruitful effort because we don't want to be spinning their wheels. You don't want them walking through properties that are going to be disappointing that they can't mm-hmm. afford. And certainly we don't want real estate agents out there wasting their time. So the people first angle allows us to figure out exactly what's the criteria, exactly what type of area, exactly what types of properties. And we narrow down the playing field. And then sometimes it's a game of wait and see, because if inventory is a little bit low, like it is in a conventional purchase setting, you have to wait a little bit longer. You have to keep looking until you find that property that gives you those butterflies. And when you have that emotional connection with the type of property that you want, that home buyer um, will be that much more successful in the rent-to-own process. I've, I've often cited that we have changed the you know, the outcome of rent-to-owns. Rent-to-owns, when we got started, had a 50-50 shot of success because a lot of people were approaching it from the problem first, from the property first, but very few people were approaching it from the people first angle and figuring out what is it going to take for these people to succeed. And we, I should say we, my husband, Mr. No, really dialed it into that and he figured out so here are the things we need to look at we need to make sure that what what whatever property that they're emotionally connected to it has to be affordable so he was stress testing rent to owns before stress test even had a name or a, a crappy reputation really? because at the time he said well i can't sleep at night knowing that you know Today, we're qualifying, you know, our mortgage is whatever, 2.1, 2.2. But fast forward three years, these people are going to be exiting the rent-to-own process. They're not going to be qualifying for 2.1, 2.2. What if the mortgage rates go up to 5%? Will they still be able to qualify for a mortgage on this property that they've been renting to own, paying their payments on time, looking after the property? Because, you know, there's no maintenance and repairs for the investor side. The onus is on those buyers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't sleep at night knowing that there's a, a chance that they won't qualify qualify for a mortgage because interest rates will go up. So so I'm going to institute this stress test to make sure that they can qualify at a 5% interest rate. Even I, though I today wow. it's 2.1, 2.2. As, as much as I don't like Mr. No, <laughs> <laughs> that dude, Neil, you are one smart cookie. We're going to have to get you one of these t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, I love yeah, Mr. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, and erroring on the side of caution is only to the tenant buyer's benefit. It really is. And and we've said this in, in our workshops together. We've said, you know, and it, I think in a rent-to-own investment, for a great rent-to-own investment to, to, to blossom as it should, It'd I don't think the asset, yeah. yeah, I don't think the asset is the property, it's the tenant. You and I both agreed on it, that. It's always about the people. And Colin, you asked earlier, where where do we find those homebuyers? Well, where where yeah. do they come in? At the beginning, it was difficult. I have to say, you know, when you do the conventional kind of startup mode of advertising on Kijiji, hey, I'm an investor, I'm willing to help you rent to own, people are a little bit skeptical, I have of to course. say. They don't want to share their personal documents because when, when we're processing a rent to own applicant, we're looking at their, um, you know, credit reports. We're looking at their income documents. We're looking at pay stubs, uh, notices of assessment. I mean, these are personal documents. That's scary. That is. And I think I think we got Neil's attention, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Nice to see Neil yeah. tuning in. Yeah. He better tune in. <laughs> so, for, uh, so a lot of the time we were spinning our wheels and trying to win over people's trust. And it wasn't until, honestly, until we actually realized that we have information to share to help empower other people who are looking for how to work with rent own and what pitfalls to avoid. So we wrote a book and that book was really the catalyst for people to start to come to us and see us as an expert because we were about 50 rent to owns in. I mean, by no means did I ever think it would be that substantial. By no means did I think we would keep going. We just kind of thought, okay, we've accumulated enough experience. 50 people have gone through our rent to own process. We've counseled and coached so many people. We have some knowledge to share. And maybe just by putting this knowledge out there, people will feel more comfortable knowing of who they should do rent owns through or who sh- they should stay away from. And that was really our intention because we knew that people were skeptical. And over time, if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you do it with integrity and you do it um, in a way that adds value, truthfully, I don't even know how people find us nowadays, but home buyers find us. A lot of real estate agents know that we do this in an ethical way. So we will represent their professional integrity yes, effectively. Yes. So they, you know, refer, home buyers to us. And it's, it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. I never in a million years thought that our, you know, four rent to own investment properties that were just generating a couple of thousand dollars a month in cash flow just for our family to have time freedom would actually become this rent to own empire that has helped over a hundred different investors create yes. time freedom and benefit from that cash flow. In some cases they're replacing wow. their incomes, you know, with $60,000 a year in cash mm-hmm. flow to be able to help other families and help their own family, um, create time freedom. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you and your husband, you've created an empire out of, out of this. Any of you have any mortgage background, worked in the mortgage mortgage industry? Well, uh, let me just say this. Rachel is not a numbers person. Okay. And I'm not good with zeros. <laughs> Neil can probably attest. Neil, hold, hold back. I, I know you want to type something cunning there. I know it. Um, so no, for me, no. And definitely not for Neil. We come from the corporate world. And this was this was not about the numbers. This was never about the numbers. This was about what is our intention? Yes. What are we trying to achieve for our family? And how are we going to use that to help other families? Okay. So, no, this, this was not about us leveraging our existing expertise or knowledge to get started. And okay. I know there's a lot of, you know, mortgage professionals that dabble in rent to owns. I want yes. to say dabble because I haven't seen anybody do it, doing it in a sustainable, repeatable fashion. Yeah. I know there's some real estate agents that dabble with rent to owns. Um, but truthfully, you know, what the reason we continue to do what we do is because home buyers, the people that need the solution, they don't want to work with dabblers. And that is the feedback that we kept getting. People kept calling us and saying, I've talked to a few people, but I get a better comfort level with what it is you're teaching me and how you approach rent owns. So can I do my rent own through you? And it was out of sure, sheer conversations like that with home buyers that we said, oh my gosh, well, we don't have the capacity to keep on taking on every mortgage every time somebody says, can I do a rent own through you? That's when we realized we need to build up a network of investors that are like us who are willing to help other families and of course want to create a nice return on investment for themselves. And that's how we kind of just spiraled. So for someone who is in this current market, it's homes in some cases are still unaffordable. Um, They, the dream of owning their own home is still there. 
Um, they have a small down payment, not enough. How do they get in touch with you to start start this process? So all they have to do is go to our website, rethinkrenting.com, and on there they will be prompted to fill out an application, and it just starts from a basic application, and that application goes straight to Mr. No, who will be looking for a reason to say yes. Okay. Wow. I, I, love, the, I love the way in which it's well-guarded, and it seems like it's, you know, you go through this list of criteria that you guys have... And it's only when you hit all these points, then you're moved on to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you do have to jump through a few hoops, just like with financing. Our goal is to make sure that the home buyers are able to become mortgage ready at the end of the rent own process. And one of the things that we do to keep it on track is um, keep them accountable to get to that finish line. Yeah. So we don't want people in the process not succeeding because that's not a good use of our time or yeah. energy and certainly not a good use of their time and money. Because with rent owns, as you know, one of the reasons that so many investors are attracted to the strategy is that if that home buyer fails in the rent own process, if they default on any payments, any of the initial 5% that they put in stays with that investor, that property stays with that investor, any credits that they've accumulated through the rent own process stays with that investor. And of course, appreciation value, mortgage pay down. I mean, the list is long why investors will profit. But the list is short why home buyers will succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's where we concentrate our effort. Mm -hmm. And that's what has made our rent owns so successful for the investor side of the awesome. equation. So I, I just want to remind you guys, in the spirit of the Not So Black and White podcast, I prepared <laughs> five not so black and white facts about rent to own investing. Ooh, Rachel, I like it. I like, I like, it. I I like, like it. it. Do you give us those facts? Okay. And also, I just want to point out that I am wearing also black and white. Yes, you for are. For the occasion. <laughs> I like I it. I am completely in theme yeah. here. <laughs> this is somebody that thought about what to wear. Yeah. <laughs> we can barely think of, did we, did we brush our teeth this morning? Yes, I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> just about. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Uh, so what are, those, uh, what are those five uh, facts that um, that our our listeners should be aware of? Okay, so they're from an investor's point of view, um, but I'm sure that somebody who's considering rent-to-own as a home buyer might be able to extract some value from these two. And we can elaborate on them as I, as I throw mm -hmm. them out. Okay. So the first one, actually, I think you guys can relate to, because this is a stat I pulled out from um, something that real estate agents uh, get stats on, and that's every buy or sell real estate transaction actually adds value to the economy, and mm -hmm. it keeps pushing and thrusting the economy forward. And that's, I think, a $64,000 amount. So yeah. that is not an insignificant amount. So think about you know somebody buying or selling a property. If we don't have people buying and selling, that actually doesn't allow lawyers to make money, inspectors to make money, movers to make money, uh, mortgage agents, you know, yes. the real estate agents. I mean, there's a domino effect every time there's a transaction. So although we're not transaction-based, we enable those transactions to happen. And a lot of people misunderstand that. And rent-to-owns are about volume, right? Mm -hmm. We buy the property, and in three years or in two years or in four years, whenever that rent-to-own is done, we're technically selling that property. So we're kind of generating that 64000 on the front end of the RTO and on the back end. Wow, yeah. And that, that's a really powerful uh, contribution to our economy. Wow. And a lot of people don't, un don't understand that, so I really find that a, a really fascinating point to bring up. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we talk about a lot during our investment workshops is, you know, the economy relies so much on real estate. 
and and we've gone the last couple of years from 114,000 transactions down to 92,000 down to 80 and we had we had 8 or 75 6,000 transactions last year like that's times $64,000 yep. of what didn't get pumped into local economy. So you're doing your part. I love it. I love it. What's, what, do you, what do you got next for us there? So the other one is the um, rent to owns are not so set it and forget it like a lot of people assume. A lot of investors uh, love the strategy and they want to DIY it because they think, oh, rent to owns are great because I don't have the tenants and toilets and I don't have to worry about being the landlord. I can you know, go to Florida for six months of the year and everything will take care of itself. Except that's a big no-no. Um, rent-to-owns don't require you to unclog toilets and fix roofs. Um, all of that is, you know, the responsibility Respons- of the home buyer, yeah. uh, home buyers that are in the rent-to-own process. But here's the thing: these home buyers need a helping hand. They need somebody to hold them accountable to get over the hurdles that they haven't been able to get over. And oftentimes, it an- it's anchored in that credit repair spot. Who the heck wants to do a lot of heavy lifting to improve their credit? Right? You know, if you were <laughs> if you were to look at your credit report and you said and you noticed a few, you know, little glitches there, you go, I guarantee you you're gonna procrastinate till the yes, cows come home. Of course. I would as well, and I'm sure Gary, you know, as 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 accomplished and successful as we all are, credit repair is a daunting process. But when somebody is holding you accountable for doing what you need to do you almost become accountable to them and despite of yourself. Of course. Right. And in our rent home process, we ha- that, that's actually been the secret sauce. That is why we have a 90% success rate. Industry standard was 50% success. Yeah. We have a 90% success rate. And uh, I owe that, again, to... Mr. No. <laughs> I needed Mr. No in my life 10 years ago. <laughs> That's right, because Neil keeps them accountable. He keeps them on track. He keeps them checking in. Yes. He wants to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. And when they know he's going to be checking in, it's like they're afraid of him. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And it's, it's, it's not that he uses any aggression. And he certainly is not, he's not a mean guy. But for some reason, people just want to please him. Uh, not his wife, but just <laughs> everybody in the rent-to-own space. Sorry, Neil, man. I, I feel for you, brother. I feel for you. So what we've discovered is that there, you know, there's no success pill to be successful as a home buyer in the rent-to-own process. If you want to succeed, you need to have people in there holding you accountable. And not every investor that's DIYing it is willing to do that. Not every real estate agent that's putting rent-to-own deals together is willing to do that. So we want it to be that company that does that. And that is why we are so successful. And that's why so many investors prefer to work with us because we'll do the heavy lifting during the rent-to-own process to get that home buyer to the finish line. Right. Right. So, so that's number two. Okay. So number three, double digit return on investment. Yeah. 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 I wrote that down here because I want to make sure we cover that. Mm -hmm. And, and before you get started and, and as you know, a bit of my backstory is when we were buying our investment properties, one of our partners seeked cash flow. Mm-hmm. Buy and hold properties are great at creating long-term wealth, but not the cash flow on the month-to-month basis. Yep. Rent to own does that. Why does it do that? Explain to us why. I'm glad you pointed out. You know, and and I have nothing against the long-term play, the the buy, rent, hold, and just uh, hold it for you know 10, 15, 20 years and let the mortgage pay down. But you know, 
certain people have different requirements in, at different phases of their life. Some people need the injection of cash today. And I was one of those people. I didn't want to wait for that property to pay for itself three, four, five years and then exit my job. I needed to exit my job now so I can be a mom to my kids for as long as I had, because mm-hmm. who the heck yeah. knew how long I right. had. And I didn't want to worry about money. So I needed the cash flow to come in through this real estate channel. And I realized that rent to owns are phenomenal at doing this. And it's a short term play. It's a rapid cash short-term play strategy. And here's the best part. Not only are you getting that double-digit ROI and five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month in cash flow, yes. you don't need a huge amount of money to get started. So we're still, even in today's market, 2019 real estate market, where values are considered to be quite high. You guys know you're the real estate, you know, agent pros, you know that you know the averages. We can still get in with about fifty thousand dollars on a fabulous property in different markets. So we can go where the values are still reasonable, where there's demand from the home buyer side, you know, first time home buyers. And because there's demand, values are going to continue to grow, but we can get in there now. Like Ottawa, for example, fabulous market. Yes. Exceptional opportunities at the $280,000 price point. I can do a rent own for $50,000 in that market. And I'm still generating $500 a month in cash flow. And I'm seeing 2022, 23% return on my money per year. Wow. That's a good so idea. that's a purchase price of 250 ish and you require approximately $50,000 to buy into that property and you're getting how much in cash flow? Five, six, seven, eight hundred. Depends on the tenant buyer's initial down payment. Sure. So rent owns are kind of tied to the, the profitability and the cash flow and the capital gain is all kind of anchored in how much down payment does that that higher have at the beginning at the beginning of the rent home process. Ideally, they start out with five percent, and if it's just five percent, then we build up that five. The we build them up to a future down payment yes. of anywhere from eight to nine to ten percent of the future purchase price. Mm-hmm. So my cash flow comes from them paying that down payment in monthly installments, and they get the benefit of having that down payment already locked in when they finish the rent home process. But because I'm getting my money out through every monthly payment, my ROI goes up quite a bit. So if my math is r- is right, and and I know who's going to correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no. Mr. No. <laughs> Mr. No. That's it, it, based on that at $500 cash flow a month, $6,000 a year on $50,000 in. That's 12% cash on cash, cash return. On cash. We're not talking about a return. That's just cash on cash. And the baseline is 10%. Wow. So we're over the baseline. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And and I can't think of another type of real estate investment where, where you can get that type of return yeah. on a monthly basis. And it comes with peace of mind because sure. remember, you have people in, in the property that want to become homeowners, that want to look after that property and want the helping hand that you're offering them. So it's not like it's a gamble. It's a high risk type of a transaction. You have control because you're on title. You're in first position. There's no volatility in that context. So there's a lot of benefit if you want that rapid cash. If you want cash flow today in your life to offset daycare costs, uh, to yeah. pay for your kid living off campus when they go to university. Yes. Heck, braces. Do you know the cost of braces? <laughs> We're yeah. finding that out now. Yeah. I need oh, more rental own properties. We just went through that with both my kids yeah. and it's like, yeah. yeah. Braces so, is what I think about braces. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. So get a rental own property to, to pay for braces. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's okay, right. Tell me when you want me to keep going. Yeah, no, no keep going. I just want to... 
good. Awesome. I want to remind people that at, at 316, we're going to be taking uh, some questions for Rachel. So have them ready and uh, put them onto the main feed so we can see them and get them over to Rachel. But uh, okay, what else do we have here, Rachel, on your list? So a uh, little not so black and white fact, number four, is that you can actually save on taxes. So one of the objections, I had one investor say to me, why wouldn't I want to do this? And one of the objections is that, you know, with lucrative cash flow, I mean, we just did um, a deal in Milton last week and the cash flow was a thousand dollars and it's a, you know, $607,000 property purchase price. So in this case, the investor, his priority is to help his wife stay home so that she doesn't have to work and she gets to pursue her passion of, of art. Nice. She's creating art. She's, uh, you know, free, flexible, and they're using cash flow through the rent-to-own process to allow her to do that. And they have multiple properties. So they're just adding to, you know, they've, they exit one and they replenish it with another RTO. Nice. And another investor said to me, said, well, I don't want that kind of cash flow because that's going to tax me up the wazoo. So one of the things that people um, don't understand is that rent-to-owns actually cater to what your preferences are when it comes to taxation. So if you want to offset your lifestyle, yes, be prepared. There's tax implications because it's active income. And I'm not an accountant. I'm only sharing my experience as an investor. But then there's the other side of the coin with rent-to-owns is there's a capital gain. So when that home buyer is exiting the rent-to-own process, there is a profit that you are making by selling them a property at fair market value at the end of that rent-to-own term. So one of the ways to benefit on the tax side of it is to look for rent-to-owns that have less cash flow and higher, you know, profitability uh, through that capital gain. And what is the dynamic of a rent-to-own for that to happen? Well, you want that tenant buyer to come in with a bigger down payment because there's people out there who have six, seven, eight percent saved up, in some cases, even 10% of the purchase price. But because they maybe have gone through a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy, it's going to take them a long time to restore their credit to where it needs to be. So they want to jump into a rent-to-own, plant that 10% down payment and secure some equity while they are becoming mortgage ready. Well, if I have a home buyer that's coming in with 10% of the cash, I don't have to put in as much cash. And that makes my ROI go up, of course. But what it really means is that I'm going to have low cash flow, right? I don't need a lot of cash flow because their down payment credit is almost where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So they don't need to top up over and above the rent. Right. But I have a future purchase price. Mm-hmm. that I'm going to be exiting at. And that creates that capital gain. So combined with the mortgage pay down, combined with the fact that I don't have to tie up as much capital and combined with that future appreciation exit price, it creates a back-end heavy mm. profit. Yeah. And that's lighter on the taxes. Nice. So when, when opportunities arise, and, and I know from my experience and I'm sure with yours, uh, you, there's no shortage of investors for this type of product or this type of investment, right? Correct. Typically. Correct. We typically. have a waiting list typically. Yes. And and as did we when we were doing our joint ventures. However, the the the, the tough side, or I shouldn't say the tough side, the, the more diligent side is on the tenant buyer, right? And, and when you do have a tenant buyer come forward and, and everything, all those boxes are checked off and Mr. No actually says a yes, right? <laughs> Do you try and match those type of a properties up with the, the right type of investor in, in from geography to what they're looking for and all that? Like, how do you, is that part of your interview process with the investors as well? 
Oh, I love, I love that you said that. I love that you bring that to light. And it's true. It's absolutely true. I do interview every single investor that we work with because we got to like each other. We got to get yeah. along. Yeah. Like if Colin looks at me funny, I don't know. I might not put him at the top of my <laughs> Don't worry. He's not at the top of many. No, I'm <laughs> That's true. I'm not at the top of many lists. There's a few. There's but, a few. but we are looking. The important list, though, you are. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, we, are, we are matching. We are a matchmaker. That's exactly what Clover Properties does. We understand what the home buyer needs to succeed. And we try to find an investor that's going to be able to support that. So I have some investors who are lawyers and doctors yes. who don't want the active cash flow because that's going to obviously right. have Apple gains. Yeah. yeah. So they prefer a deal where the home buyer has high down payment and there's a higher capital gain at the back end and they make stronger return on investment. Um, and it's more kind of over the long term of the RTO versus the cash flow. So absolutely, I take into account what are you looking for and I evaluate, can I deliver and is it realistic? Is it integrity based? Because if I have investors that are looking to gouge home buyers and are working off of, you know, maybe archaic models of how mm. RTOs used to work, I, you know, I lead with education. I try to educate them. And if we're still not a good fit to work together, I'll be honest. This has to make sense because we're in this together and we're managing that relationship on their behalf for the home buyer for the you know full term of the RTO. So the investor has to be comfortable with our process. Home buyer has to be happy with the investors that we bring to the table. So we're kind of that mediary. Okay. So yes, we're a matchmaker slash mediator. Yeah. I love it. Well, having that, and I know for our business, when we wear our realtor hat, having that needs analysis conversation can really set, well, it does. It sets the tone for how that, that relationship's going to go, right? And it is a relationship. It's not a transaction. That's a really, really important point. And there's a lot of real estate professionals that think in terms of transactions, mortgage professionals that think in terms of transactions. The fact that you're using the word relationship, you know, sets you apart leaps and bounds. Yeah, cool. Like we're still in contact with our rental and tenant uh, partners, even though they've we've handed over the home back to them, like still send Christmas gifts cool. because we know that we were just there to help each other at some point and that relationship is still there and even today you know it's you're right it's building that relationship and it's less more, less of a transaction and I think once you focus on the people end of it is when you find success in it absolutely that's really well said okay my last one do yes. we have time for my last yes. one oh, of course we do. We do. Yeah. before we yeah. we jump into some of the questions I hope there's juicy questions percolating <laughs> so uh, the fifth and not so black and white fact is that Investors who are eager to get started with owning uh, an income property might be struggling too. So they might have their 5%, but they might not have their GDS, TDS, and credit stuff all in alignment. And what if they're new to Canada? I mean, we have a huge wave of people coming yes. in that are cash rich, yes. but don't necessarily have established credit um, or job history. Well, guess what? Those types of people can actually rent to own their way into being an investor. So what we have a program called Investors Helping Investors. So an investor can actually rent to own a duplex. Yes. They can occupy the top floor or the bottom floor and rent out one of the levels. And they can be generating, that investor that's renting to own yes. can actually be generating cash flow as much as four or $500 a month in wow. their pocket while they're renting to own that duplex. Mm -hmm. And this is a very little known or very little discovered thing um, that I think we're just starting to have a conversation about. So I wanted to kind of share share it in this platform. Okay. Well, that's just, I really like that, that part of it that you mentioned where 
it's that during that collaboration where wealth can be built at the same time. Um, now, for a rent-to-own tenant, um, someone who is buying the home, what are their obligations? Mm. It's very simple. Pay on time. <laughs> really, honestly, it's... Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Just pay on time. Just pay on time. Yes. If they pay on time... Everything goes like clockwork because when they pay on time, they get their down payment credit credited towards the future purchase. Yeah. And if they don't pay on time, they don't get that credit. Yeah. And this is the big, big misnomer with rent to owns. A lot of people say, well, you know, the people are being gouged. No, they're contract. Yes. There's a date you commit to. There's a amount you commit to paying. All you have to do is honor that contract, honor that contract. for the term of the rent to own without fail, which is not a long time. You know, if you can't commit to pay on time on a specific date, a specific amount that you have been, you know, able to, um, we've classified that you can afford it. If you can't do that for two years straight, three years straight, or four years straight, you have no business getting a mortgage in the first place. Yeah, I like that. Now, I know you touched on it uh, a little bit, uh, but just elaborate a little bit more. The home maintenance. The, ro the roof needs repairing, the windows needs repairing, the furnace goes. Who pays for that? So in our rent-to-own program, it's the home buyer that is in the rent-to-own process. So we call them the tenant buyers. It is their responsibility. Just like in any conventional mortgage or any conventional financing arrangement, you don't call the bank to say, hey, my roof is leaking. Bank manager, can you come and fix it? I haven't tried that. I don't know why I haven't <laughs> tried that. I think I need to try that. I'd love to hear what answer you'd get. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a separate podcast altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd probably be a short-lived conversation. It would be. Yeah. Um, Hello? Hello? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hello? Are you still there? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So Sorry. the same thing with the private mortgage. Some people um, do overcome some of their hurdles to the conventional mortgage game, uh, go into the world of private mortgages. Well, if your roof is leaking, are you going to call that second mortgage holder and say, uh, <laughs> it'll be the same, hello, is there anybody on the line? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to come to your rescue to fix a leaky roof or a broken down furnace. Yeah. Rent to own is just another way to get into home ownership by leveraging a, a private arrangement. Yes. So in this private arrangement, it's not up to the investor that owns that rent-to-own property and is helping you rent to own it. It's not up to them to fix these issues. Now, having said that, as any investor would be doing, they do inspections. We yeah. always have an inspection. That is mandatory. Lovely. And we never waive inspection. And I know you have a whole roadside chat about that. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I totally like the multiple thumbs up. You have to have an inspection. So you understand that you're getting a house that has strong bones that, we, you know, we're not going to have roof issues for the next three or four years while these home buyers are trying to overcome their hurdles of home ownership. We want them to have smooth sailing. Yes, eventually the roof is going to go. We get it. But we don't want that volatility there during that rent to own phase. We are checking out the furnace. We're checking out plumbing. We're checking out electrical. All the key deal breakers, we're checking them out to make sure that there's nothing that could compromise their ability to succeed and weigh them down with maintenance and repairs. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How much more Good. time do we have for questions? Uh, we, got, we got a couple of questions coming in here. So just before we go to the questions, what are we, let's give away something. Okay. How about what's over here? Awesome. <laughs> fun Perfect. fact, fun fact. Everyone that, every one of our guests that we've had on thus far has written a book. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So that's the standard that we're living by right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, good. So what's this book, Rachel? Tell us a little bit about this book. It's called The rent and Essential Guide for Home Buyers. And Mr. No... I'm going to take it from you for a second, yeah. Mr. No and here. I wrote this book um, about five years ago when we learned enough about rent-to-own loopholes because we had... We had so many people calling us, giving us sob stories about how they got into a rent-to-own arrangement and how things were going off the off the rails. And it all boils 
boil down to them not asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. And we basically distilled it to 18 questions. Okay. Every home buyer who wants to rent own should be asking the people that are putting that rent own deal together, where, whether they're doing it privately with the landlord, whether they're doing it through a real estate agent, whether they're doing it through a rent own company, whatever method they use to get into the rent own, um, they need to ask specific questions. There's 18 of them. We cover them in the book. But most importantly, they need to know what answers to listen for. Because how do you know you're getting into a rent own that's going to serve you well? So you need to educate yourself. So that was kind of the impetus for us writing a book from the home buyer's point of view. And I wanted home buyers that are coming to the rent to own transaction, empowered, knowledgeable, yes. and you know, ready to go and ask me some really great questions. I'm sure Neil can attest if he's on the, uh, if he's joining us live um, through Facebook right now. When a home buyer comes to the conversation with a list of questions, that is a sure sign that this is somebody we might be able to work with. Yeah, okay. they're doing their homework. They're yeah. doing their homework. How are we going to give this book away, Colin? Um, let's. I want to go with comments, share. Um, okay, so here's the thing. We are brand new on on Apple iTunes. Yes. So we'll do one of two things. You have to go comment on on our Apple iTunes podcast and give us a, a, your feedback, good, bad, or ugly, because it's all important. And and also uh, for those of you that have been commenting on the Facebook feed there, but we're really re- if you really want to get yourself to the top of the list we talked earlier, go to iTunes and leave a comment there, please. So we, we've got a few um, questions coming in here, and the first one's from uh, from Steve, and I'll put it on the screen here. Um, and this is a good question. How long or how, you know, what's, what's the expected time for some of those contracts to be, you know, how long are they going to be? So rent-to-owns are usually two years, three years, or four years. We generally don't go past that four-year mark because it's really difficult to forecast where the market is headed. And we don't have a crystal ball at the best of times. But as investors, we can read you know, the cycles. I read a wonderful book years ago. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. You know, the, the Canadian real estate cycle by Don yeah. Campbell, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, yes. I think I have that on my desk. <laughs> yes. actually. Yeah, just, it's on my bookshelf. Just, a plug a, there. Yes. just a shout out to one of the smartest men I've yeah. ever met in yeah. this, in this industry. Agreed. And he teaches us about the fact that, you know, the real estate market is going to continue to do this. So we can't really forecast what's going to happen, but we have an educated guess. And that four-year max time frame gives us um, confidence that yes. that educated guess is probably going to be bang on. Okay. So anything beyond four years is probably a little bit too ambitious. And two years is ideal for people who are borderline. They're close, and they can't afford a private mortgage, nor do they want to. So the rent own path makes sense for them to get over that hurdle. Three years is the norm for the people that, you know, average scenario they need. Maybe two years of self-employed stated income. They need uh, to get job history under their belt. They need, you know, uh, fix some collection items and rebound from, uh, you know, settling those. So three years is kind of the norm, but two to four is where we live. Two to four. Yeah. I think the average for our average, and as you kind of alluded to, there was three years. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of our favorite one. I think I've done one at five years and that was just due to an extension. We got to the four years there was a little bit of hiccup when it comes time to qualify, and we just extended it for yeah. them. And they were just really great tenants that we were just happy to do that for. And you yeah. bring up a really good point. If a tenant has been paying on time, and they've been faithful and committed, and there's a hiccup, and again, this is about relationships. This is about the people. What can we do to help them overcome that hiccup? Yeah. And we always go to an extension. And most people think that, oh my God, if you can't qualify for a mortgage at the end of that rent to own, that's it. You lose your shirt. That investor is going to take the house and the home buyers are going to be up Poops Creek. Yeah. 
a legitimate rent to own is not set up that way. A legitimate rent to own is all about figuring out, okay, we need an extension. What's it going to take to truly overcome that hurdle? But the tenant buyer has to have been paying faithfully. Of course. If they were paying intermittently, it's a different conversation. Yes. yes. Yeah. Before we get to Sarah's question here, that you know, I remember a few of the rent to owns that we exited from. We had to provide a second mortgage for for it to successfully transfer into their name, but. We wouldn't have, as you said, we wouldn't even entertain that if they hadn't paid consistently on time every month for the last 36 months. It was a no-brainer for yeah. us, right? Exactly. Yeah. Back yeah. to that relationship. Yeah. 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 So Sarah's asking here, okay, what is the best way for someone to get started? I'm not sure if she means on the investment side or from the tenant buyer side, but... Answer both. Answer both. There you go. It's okay. two questions. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah, for that great question. That's a familiar face. Um, there's two ways of getting started with rent So if you're the home buyer side of the equation, all you do is hop on our website, rethinkrenting.com and fill out an application and that'll go straight to Mr. No's uh, pile and he will get back to you fairly quickly. If you're interested in getting started as an investor, well, you have to email me and it's rachel at rethinkrentals.com and we get that conversation started and it all stems from what are you trying to accomplish? Are you looking for cash flow? Are you looking for um, appreciation? Are you looking for, you know, exiting your job income, supplementing your job income and what time frame? I have some investors who are in a holding pattern because they're waiting for a pre-construction condo to close and the you know the occupancy is slated for two years so they want to take their cash and put it into a two-year rent-to-own deal Mm -hmm. so that their money is making double-digit returns potentially and they're generating some cash flow and then they pull out their money at the end of that rent-to-own and they move forward with their pre-construction condo so some people need only a two-year and others come to me and say i don't want to jump through these crazy mortgage hoops you know the mortgage approval process stinks, quite frankly, and I'll be the first one to say it. So I prefer the four-year rent-to-owns because I lock myself in and I know I've got predictable, consistent cash flow for a specific period and I don't have to worry about having to qualify for a mortgage in two or three years from now. Cool. Next question is here from Olga Ola. Um, We know Olga. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What are the steps if already you have a tenant and they want to own, they want to own and the owners agree to it? So this is, you know, we have we she she probably has uh, a tenants that are already in a home and they want to go purchase that but they need a rent own solution for it so can you walk us through that do you help with that first of all we can yeah. absolutely uh, this could be a very interesting scenario because you know the tenants so there's a little bit of an emotion connect emotional connection there and of course they know you and there's uh, there's might be a tendency to be a little bit too familiar and forget about the you know, logistics of a deal. So in this case, we would come in as kind of an intermediary and we would make sure that both sides are getting a fair deal. So we would look, the first thing we would do is we would start the conversation from the home buyer's point of view. What is their current income and what is their current down payment? The next thing we would find out is what is the fair market value today of that property? And based on that fair market value, can those home buyers afford it based on their current income? Right. Mm-hmm. And does their down payment support them getting a strong enough springboard to become mortgage ready to exit into ownership on that property? And what is their credit situation? Is it going to take them two years? Is it going to take them three years? Or is it going to take them four years? Yes. And then, of course, a big part of that is what would Olga want to get out of it? Is she looking for a cash flow scenario? Is she looking for um, you know more of a capital gain heavy scenario? And how would the dynamics of this home buyer allow for that? Will it allow for that? Yeah. So yeah. those are the types of conversations we would start with. Because that, that you've kind of touched on something there. Will it allow for it? Because I think what 
the the other question to go along with that is will the current market in this current location allow for it because as you said earlier kind of that sweet spot spot is that 250 300 range maybe a little bit higher but if you want to try and do a rent own here say in york region that's not, I don't uh, think that's yeah, going to we, we all gasp yeah, yeah, exactly. because we've all done rent owns and that's actually a really important point. So I'm going to just jump on that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of investors who own properties, uh, oftentimes that property is in a market where they can get 650 for it. That seems to be oftentimes the landlord says, my property is worth about 650, 700, and the people that are renting it right now want to own it. Well, the buyer pool in the 650, $700,000 price point is much smaller on a good day, let alone the rent to own buyer pool. Of course. Yeah. So oftentimes those types of arrangements are difficult to no. make successful. And that's why we always start with a home buyer. What can they afford? And is this the property for them? Yeah. Yeah. Just before we go on to the next question, do you yeah. just want to? touch a little bit on that. Now, and just a follow up to Olga's question there, how do we determine the price of the home when it's time to buy back? That's a good question. So we determine the price of the home at the beginning. Okay. We don't wait till two or three years or four years to figure out that price because uh, that negates that whole transparency, right? We want to know what, what are we forecasting? And our forecast is very conservative. And generally the forecast is based on, I would say on average about four, four and a half, five percent annual appreciation because that's the market um i mean we've been doing this for 10 years and we have seen markets do this Oops, yes and that this, that. <laughs> this <laughs> microphone is about to like knock me over um so we've seen markets kind of going up and down but we've seen a consistent demand in the price point that we play in and this is a really important consideration the rent homes that we do are usually in the 300 to five hundred thousand dollar price range and that keeps the demand constant therefore the appreciation values that we assign for the future, we know are tangible because people who can't afford a $700,000 property, they're going to squeeze into our category. And people who are jumping into the market are going to be at that entry level three hundred dollars to $500,000 price point. So we've got demand coming in, demand coming in, and we're sandwiched in the middle. So we can justify that four and a half, five percent annual appreciation. So we set that at the beginning and the property has to support that. So farmland, you know, uh, rural properties, they tend to be outside of, of that criteria. Awesome. awesome. Well, a good podcast and video podcast wouldn't be uh, a, a success without a good question from Kirby. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirby Chan, and I know I get this question all the time. I know you do, but let's kind of address you know, address it because it needs to be addressed. What happens when a rent to own goes sideways? I already know your answer, but I want you to answer. Oh, of course. Yeah. And um, when a rent to own goes sideways, um, as an investor, you have a lot of control. And you have a lot of money, um, essentially, at the end of it. Because the home buyer um, is given every, op- the rent owner, the rent tenant buyer is given every opportunity to succeed. However, if they've been led to water and they still don't want to drink, which can happen sometimes, people have a marital breakdown, people lose their job. These are the scenarios that generally plague, uh, you know, rent owned success, at least the Clover Properties uh, program. In that case, that home buyer will be obviously in default of their contracts and they'll have to walk away from the rent-to-own process. They're leaving money on the table. They're leaving their initial down payment on the table. They're leaving their credits, monthly credits on the table. And of course, they're leaving uh, the property behind. So any equity that's built up in that property stays with the investor. So the investor actually makes out more favorably in many cases if the rent to own goes sideways. And that is why it's so important to screen the right home buyers for the rent to own process because we want more home buyers to be successful with the with the rent to own um, 
approach and we want them to be able to make it to the finish line. So they become a happy statistic and we don't want to be profiting at their loss. So we structure the rent to own in such a way that we screen the home buyers aggressively. It takes us four to six weeks in some cases to screen home buyers for our rent to own program to really get into the weeds of what's their situation. And it's not just about how much money they make. It's not about how much down payment they have. It's about their own commitment to their own success. We're yeah. looking for those types of indicators too. Yeah, their story too. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it got to go along with that same question. Janet has a question here. Uh, has any of your tenant buyer been evicted? Oh, great question, Janet. Um, no. So over 260 rent owns, we don't have a single eviction awesome. to wow. our name. And I, I don't see that changing. Like I said, it's a relationship. We really try to work it out. And we, um, you know, we leave it up to the home buyers and we empower them to come to the table with a solution, with recommendations. So if they're falling behind on their payments, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this, it's an investment and anything can happen. You're still dealing with, you know, some volatility in that tenant uh, part of the tenant buyer equation. And we need to be able to solve or help them solve those problems. But we look to them to come forward with a solution. And it's just about a dialogue, you know, okay, you have a setback. What can you do? How can we solve this? Is it a question of just um, extending the rent to own and letting you rent for a little while and then kick the rent to own back into gear three months out, four months out? It's a, it's a dialogue. So we don't resort to evicting. Right. Why? Uh, because then I'm it. on the hook for the carrying costs. Yes, I yes. want to help those home buyers take ownership. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, that's and that goes back to Mr. No's uh, work ethic on qualifying those those tenant buyers. And I can tell you, speaking from experience, so here's somebody that was doing is doing it right, and here's someone that did it wrong many times and, and on the rent-to-own side, and I believe we we evicted two or three of our 14 rent-to-own properties. <gasps> really? Which is, Say it isn't so, I know, Gary. right? Wow. But if, if I take that step back and ask myself that question, well, why? And, and it comes back to, well, who did we partner with in the beginning? And they weren't ready, but we chose to go forward anyways because we fell in love with the numbers. Yes. Not the right opportunity, right? So so listen to somebody who's <laughs> doing it right. That's listen, how much here. more time we have uh, uh, before? This, that that kind of wraps us up here. So how, you, how do we exit here? Um, Rachel, uh, just before we sign off here, please tell us again, how do we get into contact with you? Love the knowledge and the information you, you shared there before. It's unfortunate we have to cut this <laughs> at this point uh, because we have a timeline to keep with all of, our, all of our listeners as well. But how can they get in contact with you to get some more information if they're looking to go down this route? So uh, if you're an investor and you'd like to get more information on how this could work for your lifestyle, you can email me directly, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at RethinkRentals.com. If you are a home buyer who thinks that Rentone will be the way for you to overcome some of the hurdles to homeownership, then just go on our website. It's uh, www.RethinkRenting.com and uh, check out the information on our website. Check out our videos. And if you're interested in exploring this opportunity, submit an application and Mr. No will get back to you. Mr. No. I love it. Love there it. Guys, thanks again for tuning to for, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we are uh, the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Uh, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan, where we're not just real estate uh, agents, but we're also investors just here helping uh, the average person that's right. That's right. That's right. Money. A few shout outs before we go. Majid, nice to see you, buddy. And uh, Meryl, you dropped into the office today. We met 
on last week's podcast. So that yes. was pretty awesome. And don't forget to leave your comments on uh, on iTunes so you can get the book here from from Rachel. And, uh, and thank you to everybody. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Bye for now. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518-1221.